This is a space for anyone raising humans and trying to find time to raise themselves in the process. The myths of motherhood are loud out there. This unrealistic motherhood culture we find ourselves in is toxic to our souls. It imprisons our progress, stunts our growth, and breeds limiting beliefs that altogether keep us overwhelmed. It's my mission to push the eject button on this crazy ride and help you find peace with your process. Through mentors and mistakes, I have learned that we have way more power and permission than we realize. Jesus didn't just die to give us everlasting life in heaven. He died to give us abundant life, a full life right here on earth, right now in the midst of your sleepless nights and your Cheerio-covered kitchen. I don't know about you, but I felt like I didn't qualify for that kind of full kingdom life while in the throes of motherhood. Listen to me, mama. You have access to all that Jesus died to give you. You're called to kingdom things even now, even when you can't remember the last time you read your Bible or when you say bad words under your breath after stepping on yet another Lego. Mothering is hard and overwhelm is real and understandable, but it does not have to be your every single day. I want to help you out of the wind and the waves of overwhelm and into the peace of overflow through super practical things like decluttering, simplifying your life, making your home work for you, to mental work like ditching the pressure of perfection and comparison, defeating those toxic thoughts, and learning about yourself, how you tick, and what brings you to life. We're covering it all. If it's not real, raw, and helpful, it is not allowed. Fullness is in front of you. Let's go get it together. You're listening to The Fullness Show. Welcome to another episode of The Fullness Show. I'm your host, Abby Haggard. I'm so glad you're listening today. We are coming back from a very long break that we've had from The Fullness Show, and we're diving back into the um, idea of family culture and how to build it, how to um, maintain it, and how to carry it. And um, today we are um, talking with a very special guest, a friend of mine, and um, you'll get to meet him in a minute. This is a two-part episode, so you'll get part one today and part two next week. And I'm just so excited about this episode. It's very deep. It's very, um, it's just full. It's full of goodness and gold and it's wisdom. You're going to grab a lot today. It might be one that you want to listen to a couple times. Um, Steve Salcida is here to share his story share what he's been through, what he's learned, and the power of the vulnerability, the power of confronting the lies that we have believed for a long time, and um, just what humility does, what um, just breakthrough looks like, and walking it out in real time. And this applies to every single breathing human. So I'm really excited about today. Let's dive in. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of The Fullness Show. Today is a very special day. I have a good friend, Steve Salcedo, with me today. Steve, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Hey, I'm I'm glad to finally be here. Given given <laughs> our schedules and life, the fact that we were able to find time, there's still a day of miracles happening. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. It's April 19th at 6 8 p.m., huh? That's right. We're, <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Steve. Um, like I said in my intro, has been a longtime friend to Chris and I. Um, he, we've done ministry together, done life together. Yes. Um, and I'm just so excited to have you on the show. You've been one of the one of the guests that I've been 
been excited to um, get on here for season two. And today we're continuing. This is our comeback um, episode from a little yes. break that we've had. Um, and we broke off from an episode um, that was from a past vlog that um, I did a couple years ago covering a really great book that we actually read at the same time, um, Steve, called Kill the Spider by Carlos Whitaker. Right. And um, Carlos has since become a good friend of yours and ours. And um, we've just grown and learned so much from him. And um, I love that you're the following episode because we've talked so much about that book and about yes, what, yeah, about that journey of really allowing God to, you know, illuminate the corners of our life to see where the spider is because we don't want to clean up the cobwebs anymore. We want to go after the big things. That's and that's right. what we're talking about with family culture. And the fact that you're here is just a God thing that you're wrapping up this um, whole series. Um, so, Steve, welcome again. Will you yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, get us started? Yeah, for sure. And and, and so happy to be here. Um, as many of you know, probably or didn't know, I used to have my own podcast and radio show that was on the air from March 2016 to November 2020. Abby was a guest on my show. Um, her husband, Chris, was a guest on my show several times. And it's just funny and fortuitous how things work, you know, as Abby was talking about Kill the Spider. And when I dive into my story, that is one of the books that mm. actually launched my dive into getting healing and health mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And I remember, Abby, and I, and I definitely want to get into who I am, but I think this dovetails so perfectly from where you last left off yeah. to where we are now for your listeners and your audience that I found the book on accident. I was scrolling mm -hmm. Instagram one day. Uh, one evening, I was at my parents' house, a big-time New York Yankees fan, and they were in the playoffs, so I ordered a pizza and went to go watch with my dad. <laughs> And um, I'm 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 there. You know, you're there, but you're not there. And, sure. and you know, I'm just mindlessly scrolling. And there is a speaker that I followed by the name of Levi Lusco, who's a pastor out of Montana. You know, is really God has really expanded his reach. And he said, "Hey, today is launch day for my friend Carlos Whitaker and his book, Kill the Spider. Go out and get it." Normally, Abby, when I see stuff like that, I don't usually click the link or go follow. But for whatever reason, I was like. Let me see what this guy's about. Who is this Carlos? What, yeah. is, what is this? Spider-Man? Is this a knockoff Marvel book? What is this? Right. <laughs> Click on it. Find it on iBooks. Downloaded it immediately and started reading. I stayed up till 1 a.m. that night reading because I was oh hooked. Mm. And within the first three pages, I was in tears. Mm. And at my parents' house going, this book is for me. By the time I finished work the next day, I had it completely done. And mm. I remember sharing it with you, sharing it with Chris as I was going through this journey. And I was still doing the podcast, you know, in hindsight, should I have been doing it? And we'll, we'll later find out as we in the story that it turned out to be very helpful for a lot of people is Chris goes, why don't you reach out to him? What's the worst he's going to say? And I was like, all right. You know, <laughs> so found an email address, emailed, told him who I was, told him what I did, told him what the book meant to me. Within 12 hours, his wife got back to me and said, I book all the stuff for Carlos. He can do this and this date. Chris Haggard came into the studio. We did 100 episodes of the show in almost five years. Carlos was guest 50 
And Chris mm. was able to do the production for me. We did an hour and a half with Carlos about the book, about his journey, about my journey. And at the end of that, um, I told uh, Ty Bean, our collective pastor at Cowboy Junction in Hobbs, New Mexico, about it. And, mm. you know, Ty Bean, he goes, ask him if he'll come. So <laughs> at the very end of it, I said, Carlos, I have a very special request from my pastor. Would you be willing to come? to Hobbs, New Mexico. He goes, I know where Hobbs is. I used to go to church camp at Glorietta, like three hours away from here. It's so crazy. So I put him in touch with Cowboy Junction staff. And about seven months later, Carlos Whitaker is in Hobbs, New Mexico, speaking to an auditorium. And since then, I've had an opportunity to develop a relationship, to have lunch, to have dinner, to pick his brain. But I will always be thankful for Kill the Spider because I have probably, Abby, bought 50 copies of that book and given them away since I since I read it. You know, when someone's like on that journey, I go, I got something for you to read. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and here it is. And yep. so that I think it kind of springboards me into uh, my name is Steve Salcida. Uh, I am a lifelong resident of Lee County, um, have been working in higher education for ni- next month will be 19 years Wow. If you can believe that. Uh, I currently work at New Mexico Junior College and am proud to be the vice president for workforce development. I have been here for a little over 16 years. Um, In 2018, also with the great help of Chris Haggard in developing a website, a logo, and the the launching point, um, started Steve Salcida Communications, which is a speaking company. And Abby, honestly, the way that I like to say it is I am not a Christian speaker, but I am a speaker who is a Christian. And, Mm. And what I mean by that is I never limited myself simply to the four walls of the church. And the reason for that, with the gifting and the talent that I believe that God placed on my life and within me, Carlos Whitaker was a key piece for that, Um, simply Mm. because, Abby, I struggled for very long to go outside of the church because I had someone tell me, and you know how it is, you can have 99 people tell you that you're amazing, and then that one tells you that you're hot garbage. You Mm. don't think about the 99. You're thinking about the one. For, right. you know, and my personality tends to lend towards that anyways. There are some who are a bit more sunshiny. They were like, I don't care about the, one. the 99 <laughs> told me I'm great. But I had one person tell me who is a person of faith, Steve, you have no business using your gift outside the church because you're prostituting it. And that got me deep. And I remember having dinner with Carlos one time when he was here and I pulled him to the side. I said, Carlos, I respect you to the tilt. I said, I want to ask you something. I said, do you speak outside the church? He said, Steve, over 40% of my speaking engagements are corporate. He goes, Best Buy, Olive Garden Corporate, IBM. He goes, you got to remember something. He said, within the four walls of the church, is this is where the Christians are supposed to be. He goes, but doesn't the Bible tell us to go be the salt and the light outside of there? He goes, right. so, he goes, so what we do is we wrap the gospel up and we repackage it, and we're still sharing the same truths. We're not just quoting chapter and verse. So mm-hmm. I, I took it, and I ran with it. And since 2018, and this is even considering the considering the shutdown of a pandemic, yeah, I, I give God the glory for it, all the glory, because you know, he, from Him comes every perfect gift. And and so in the past, since 2018, including a shutdown of a year, 
God has opened the doors for me uh, to date to stand in front of over 28,000 people in person and speaking in over 27 different industries across the country. That's awesome. That's awesome, Steve. That never would have happened. That never would have happened if the journey that we're going to discuss today hadn't happened. And Mm. I never would have gotten there. I absolutely never would have gotten there if I wouldn't have gotten to a breaking point that I did Mm. not choose. But in hindsight, I would never change ever. Mm. 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 That's so good. That's so good. And I do love where we're going today because it highlights all the victory and all the overcoming, but it was not easy. No. And I think that's what a lot of us try to simplify or make easier is the process, the journey. But on all reality, we've got to go through the dark seasons. We have to go through those valleys. Um, no doubt. And, and, and that's what your story is. There is a statement, and for those of you who will watch and who will listen, um, when Chris and Abby and I and several others, we had such a great team when we were doing youth back then. It was such a memorable time in all of our lives. Um, I still remember Maylee being born and holding her, you know, Mm -hmm. two months old, three months old. Mm -hmm. And Abby used to make a statement, the process leads to the promise. She Mm -hmm. would say it repeatedly and to a point that I commissioned an piece of wall art that was customized for me that still sits in my living room above my television that says the process leads to the promise and to to kind of delve abby if i can kind of into the backstory you know i have been speaking to crowds since i was 12 years old and i know for many people that freaks them out because when a survey has been done of the top fears in america it's not clowns it, I mean, it's up there. Snakes, heights, needles, that's all up there. The number one fear in America is public speaking. Still, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. still is that people can be completely confident in one area. You stick them in front of three people. They shake like a leaf. Their hands are sweaty. It's like the Eminem mm-hmm. song. Palms are sweaty. Knees <laughs> weak, palms are heavy. It's exactly what it is. I don't know why God chose to give me this gift and talent. I don't I can't do other things, folks. So don't be impressed by that. If someone says, Steve, can you bake this cake? I'll, you, if you eat anything that I bake, you're going up in the hospital. They're just going back. There's so many things that I cannot do. But for whatever reason, God chose me. God chose to give me this. So I've been using it since I was 12 years old. Crowds never intimidated me. But here's what happened, folks, is the the. The downside of something like that, of what I get to do, if you're not careful, Mm. you start building a representative instead Mm. of letting someone see your reality. I was a master of being of someone asking me, how are you doing? And I could flip it where I'm asking them how they're doing. And for the next two to three hours, I just listened and asked intuitive and insightful questions. And at the end of it, if you were to ask them, what'd you learn about him? They'd go, nothing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned a lot about them. And the other side of that, Abby, is I'm always interested to learn about someone else. But the mm-hmm. thing about having a public persona, and I don't say that in any kind of pretentious way, it just kind of comes with the job and the calling, that mm-hmm. people recognize you. So then you start to try to perform 
to the expectation. You yep. try to live up to the image, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. one thing that I have found, Abby, is, you know, not even with us, you know, at a local level or regional level, no matter how transparent or vulnerable a celebrity or a minister or a speaker may try to be, the truth of the matter is you still don't really know them. You know what they allow you to see, right? whether it's real or fabricated or a mix of something like that. So I, I got a chance to speak to, to crowds since I was a kid and growing up, had an opportunity to go on TV when I was 18 to preach, got the same t- opportunity when I was 21, and just opportunity after opportunity. But as I got older and grew up in the church, I don't want to give some perception that I was a hellion. Listen, you can be a hellion and be in church. You yeah. know, going mm-hmm. to church doesn't make you a, a Christian any more than you stepping in a garage makes you a car. This is a heart matter, not just a physical presence matter. Mm -hmm. And I had convinced myself that I was doing good because I was in church six nights a week, you know, on staff, doing all these things, thinking I was good. But the harsh reality was I grew up in an environment in a church for 18 and a half years that told me this. Steve, we're, we're in leadership. When you stand on that stage, this is a direct quote from a staff meeting. When we're on that stage, we don't talk about weakness. We don't talk about where we're struggling. We're leaders. We're in a visible position. We have to be steadfast and resolute. Otherwise, who's going to follow us? And Abby, Mm -hmm. that was my credo, my mantra, my theology, because it was pounded into me of you don't let them see you sweat. Because right. if you show weakness, where's your faith? Mm-hmm. Where are you? You know, people aren't, aren't going to follow you. So for the first 36 years of my life, that's how I lived. That's how I presented myself. That's how I spoke. Would never talk about struggle. Steve, did you struggle? Uh, like crazy. Was mm-hmm. struggling inside. And, and the thing, Abby, kind of with our generation and, and I talk about this a lot. People who are our age and a little bit older and their parents and their grandparents grew up in a time that mental health wasn't even part of the vernacular. Right. If someone the said the word, no, if, if someone said the word depression, our parents, then our grandparents and great grandparents envision a straitjacket in an insane asylum in a padded room. Seriously. Right. And I think I'm proud of the generation that's coming up now because statistics show that they are 38 percent more willing to talk about their mental health than any other generation in history. They're more willing to say, I'm not okay," Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not good, because still, even today, you'll have people that are struggling and you go, man, how are you doing? I think I'm doing okay." It's still such a stigma to say I'm not doing okay. Mm -hmm. So after 18 and a half years, Abby, I knew I had to make a life change. And I will never forget it for as long as I live. April 13, Mm -hmm. 2012, I celebrated every every year by going to Starbucks and getting my favorite drink because I call it Freedom Day. At the time, I didn't know it was Freedom Day. I just Mm -hmm. knew I needed to make a change. And so for the next, that's 2012, 2016, four years later, had started making some changes, changed churches, recommitted myself to work and doing better. And I felt like I was better 
But Abby, all that that really was in hindsight was cleaning up cobwebs. It was Mm. not killing spiders. Because even when I went and made a new group of friends and a new environment, I felt accepted for once for who I was and not simply for what I could do. Right. But I was still just living behind the facade. I was Mm. still only willing to let people go so far. It's like, I'll keep you at arm's length. I'll let you in. But at arm's length, like, I'll let you meet my representative because Mm. I was so afraid to be seen as I was because there was such a fear of, are people going to love the real me? Not the speaker, not the visible presence, not the this and that, but just Steve. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified to let people in and see that. So Mm -hmm. 2016 rolls around. And at that point, I had the best professional year of my career up to that point. I had been waiting. I had just gone back to college and completed my MBA. I got it done in two years, self-financed, no student loans, no student debt, carried a 4.0. And the place that I was working created a position for me to be promoted. Came with a nice pay raise. At that point, I had won Outstanding Young Man of the Year in the city of Hobbs. I had one distinguished young alumnus uh, from my former college where I got my bachelor's degree. And Abby, here's the still the craziest part of my life. And you can see it right over here. I landed on the cover of the Permian Basin Oil and Gas Magazine. No one has ever been on the cover in the past seven years. <laughs> and awesome. it's like, what is a guy like me who looks like me, who can't even walk in a pair of boots and doesn't own a belt buckle or a pair of jeans? <laughs> Doing on an oil and gas magazine. Mm -hmm. And I felt like everything was coming up roses for Steve, honestly. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. still living in the shadows because Mm -hmm. I still wasn't being real. It was just still building that persona, building that person that people Mm -hmm. wanted to love. Yeah. But to be honest, in hindsight, I really wasn't loving myself because I wasn't being honest with myself. It's like you were living behind your avatar. Yeah. I was living behind my avatar. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Early part of 2017 rolled around. My world came apart. And for the next 18 months, I battled depression like you wouldn't believe to the point that the guy that seemed so confident to everybody else couldn't even get out of bed to go to work. Mm-hmm. I'd be at the gas station and break down. I'd be grabbing my favorite drink from Starbucks, break down, be at Walmart or Target, break down. I got to a point where I stopped going to church because I felt such shame. I kept watching Mm -hmm. online because I wanted to stay connected. But Mm -hmm. thankfully, I had friends like Abby and Chris and my pastors, our pastors, where I basically made this statement. I need to go on injured reserve. And for anyone who will watch this, it's a sports terminology. You're not off the team, but you're going to go get the treatment and the help that you need to get strong so that you can come back and contribute to the team again. And, And I said this statement to them because it was said to me, I'm very hurt right now and hurt people hurt people. I don't want to use the platform or the podium to hurt someone because of where I was at. And at this point, Abby... I I was so anti-counseling and therapy because of yeah. the church I grew up in. And let's just be honest here. 
I am Hispanic. I may look Asian. I probably look half Filipino. And you're like, what is this guy? You know, I was speaking to people not too long ago. And the uh, speaker said, with my permission, she goes, what do you think he is? A little 13-year-old girl in the back, she goes, I don't know, but you have something. I don't know what you, you have something. It's hilarious. And so she, I, in a Hispanic culture, and if there are any people of Hispanic background in here, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Growing up as a Christian and being told, man, you all you need is Jesus. You ain't got no mental health problems. You got Jesus. Jesus is more than enough. We've all sang that worship song. Mm. And you compound that with growing up in a Hispanic family who don't talk about mental health, much less their feelings or emotion as is stereotypically. I got it from both sides, mm. ethnically and spiritually of you keep it on lockdown. You put right. your big pants on and you handle it. I got to a point that friends were great. The haggers were great. The beans were great. And this is not a knock on them. It's not a knock on you. But I needed more. I needed yeah. professional help. And I needed a third party who wasn't my friend, who wasn't my family, who could be more honest and real with me than my friends or family were capable of. Mm. So I found someone out of town because I was still embarrassed. I was mm. still embarrassed. Like, what are people going to think if Steve Salcedo is going to counseling? No one's going to invite him anywhere. Nothing. So I put myself on the shelf, wasn't speaking, you know, wasn't doing anything like that. And I went to counseling. And mm. because I have the gift of gab, mm-hmm. for the first three months, I still hid behind the avatar. Still. Mm. And uh, a statement that I have learned, Abby, that I've been using in a lot of my presentations, as well as in conversations and relationships, is it's a lot easier to look out the window than it is to look in the mirror. And uh, I, uh, for the first three months, I pointed a finger outside the window and I started in February of 2017 and late May, 2017, I got to give my counselor credit. He was very patient and finally (laughs) three months in and we met weekly. We met weekly and uh, I started opening up about me And I kid you not, this is what he did towards the end of May when I finally started opening up in reality and taking some ownership and not just pointing the finger at everybody. Mm. He put his pad and pin down. He stood up and reached across the coffee table and he pulled his hand out. He goes, hi, Steve. It's nice to finally meet you. Mm, So powerful. That's so powerful. I'm not paying you for this session because that hurt. (laughs) And, And after that, Abby... Then the real work began. Mm. The real work began because I can't tell you how many times I cried in that man's office. Can't tell Mm. you how many times I cried leaving that man's office and starting to undo the layers, the layers that I had hidden myself under. Mm. What I started to do was identify with my gift instead instead of with my God. You know, Mm. and it started to come down to, Steve, if you strip away this, if you strip away this, you strip away this, you strip away this, you strip away that, he said, what are you? And I'll remember the first time I said, nothing. And then he goes, you're not a child of God? I was like, I had gotten so off on it. I had forgotten the one thing 
that could never be taken away from me. It's it's the only thing. Mm. You know, this this right here, this title, this can be taken away from me easily. Mm -hmm. Whatever Mm -hmm. they pay, all this stuff around me, all of it can be taken away. The vehicle Mm -hmm. I drive, the house I live in, the beautiful girl that I love very much that I'm dating, that could go away. But the one thing that is resolute that he would say is, Steve, you get to do that. You are a child of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to repeat that and repeat that. And folks, I'll be honest with you. Several years later, I still have to remember that, Mm -hmm. you know, and so started doing the work, started putting the work in constantly of self-awareness because I made it my mission like a madman to get to know myself. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that helped is I remember Chris and Abby would always tell me about the Enneagram. If you don't know what it is, it's a phenomenal tool. It is mm-hmm. not personality test. It is actually measuring our motivators and our core fears. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic tool that I remember one night I went to their house late and we mm-hmm. took it together. So it's how we could hang out. It's late at night when all our kids out. are It's like day. after nine o'clock. And, <laughs> I know. And I remember when I took it, both Chris and Abby go, we figured, we yeah. figured that's what we you knew. were. We knew and you were three. since then, I've incorporated it into presentations. I use it with my own staff because if you're honest with it, the results aren't going to surprise you, but it helps you understand others and what motivates yeah. them and what mm. their fears are and how to connect with them. Yeah. So Abby, I started doing the work. And again, I put the speaking to the side, kept working on me, kept working mm. on me. And here's some of the biggest things, folks, that I can tell you that came out of that. For the first 30 years of my life, I didn't have friends. And that was a harsh reality. I had people who were friendly with me for mm-hmm. what they could get from me. And and I never knew the difference. It was almost like I had to do to get love. I had mm-hmm. to do to be accepted. And the moment that I started saying no... I started getting pushed away and I started being asked, well, are you all in? Are you really Mm. committed? And I thought, I thought that's what friendship was. And so (laughs) I start growing. I get myself in another church environment, build a church family and build new friends. And I I, I would be remiss of talking this story without talking about Lalo Enriquez, Mm. who is uh, my best friend in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell it without tearing up. Uh, yeah, I love it. Lalo and I have known each other for 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life that we were separated because I had believed a lie. He and his wife had moved away and were no longer part of the church. And it's so stupid. I even posted about it one time. I was like, folks, if you go to if if one of your friends goes to a different church, you can still talk to him. We're not in gangs. You know, <laughs> I mean. It's such a toxic mentality from where it I was that if someone left, they're dead to you. Excommunicated. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I left, Abby, the first thing that I did, April 13th, 2012, is I called him. I said, mm-hmm. can I come see you and your wife? And I took him to dinner that night. And in the middle of Carino's Italian restaurant that doesn't even exist anymore, mm-hmm. I asked for their forgiveness. And mm-hmm. I said, I was drunk. And that night, they invited me to stay in their home, mm. you know, even after a seven-year gap. Mm. And so 
we reconnected 2012. Lalo and I rebuilt a friendship. And I remember uh, going through that. And uh, he would call me every day. Mm. And there were some days he would go every day. He'd say, Steve, are you at a one on a scale of one to 10? Where are you at? And during this time, I was never above a four because I told him, I'll always be honest with you. I'm not I'm not going to sell you some bull because mm. that's what I did for 36 years. And yeah, that helped get done. me where I was. Right. Mm-hmm. And there were some days we talked for three hours. Some days we talked for three minutes. Some days I'd shut the phone on him because he made me mad because he told me the truth. <laughs> and <laughs> he'd call me the next day. How are you doing? One to ten. And I'll never forget it was late 2017. He and his family are cruise people. They like to take cruises. He'd been trying to get me on a boat since then. I still hadn't gone. And I remember panicking a little bit. I knew I had my counselor. I knew I had my church. I knew I had my my parents. But Lalo had become a real rock for me. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, buddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the boat, but I'll be back in a week. You know, I was like, man, don't worry about me. I'm good. You go enjoy your family. I'll talk to you when you get back. Can't wait to see pictures. And I'm sitting at home one night, the first night. I see a text message from him. No, it was a Facebook message on Messenger. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he got hacked. I didn't want to open it, so I was like, <laughs> so I took a chance and I opened it. And I can't even tell it. It's I bawled when I read it because he said, I don't have cell service, but I found Wi-Fi <laughs> and it works on Wi-Fi. And he called, he checked every day. Mm. And the reason it's so powerful, yeah. because at that moment, it restored my faith in people and in friends Mm-hmm. Because there was a small group of people that said, I don't give a crap what you do. If you never stand on another stage, if you never write another column, if you mm-hmm. never go produce any more content, you're still our friend. We still want to go to dinner with you. We still want you to come over. We still want to go on vacation with you. I could not fathom that because mm-hmm. my entire life, was performance-based. Yeah. I'm only here for the performance that I can give you. And I remember Lala would tell me, my counselor would tell me, my parents would tell me, other friends would tell me. They'd say, Steve, God is going to use this story, and you have no idea. And at the time, I was like, can't even get out of bed without crying. What are you talking about? You know, I was just like, I I was not speaking. I was Mm. like, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I should. Because, you know, Abby and I have talked about this a lot. Shame is like a mushroom. It grows in dark places. Mm -hmm. And the longer you keep it in the dark, the bigger the mushroom gets. Mm -hmm. And and let's just be Mm -hmm. honest, folks. I'm not as pure as the undriven snow. I've got mistakes, made mistakes. I've got a past. I've got tons of stuff that I've done that I'm not proud of. And Mm -hmm. that that screamed in my head, Abby. What business do you have stepping back on that stage when you know you now? When mm. all of that has been brought up now, how dare you? That's how mm. it felt. How dare you? 
And so I was like, I'm not going to do this. And I was like, I wasn't ready to speak in 2017. And then April of 2018, I'm, I was sitting in this very office and I got a phone call. I didn't recognize the number. I'm kind of like, y'all, if you don't recognize the number, you're like, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) It was a call from Carlsbad, New Mexico. It was a high school principal in Carlsbad, New Mexico, who said, hey, listen, my name is so-and-so. I got your name from Annalyn McElroy. I was like, ooh, Annalyn, I'm finna kill you. I don't even know what this lady <laughs> is. Why are you giving me my personal cell phone number? Annalyn. And she goes, Annalyn told me, this is when she was the superintendent at Loving Schools, and Annalyn had invited me to be their keynote speaker at their high school graduation in May of 2016. She said, mm-hmm. the reason that I'm calling, she said, Carlsbad High School has never in the school's history had a baccalaureate service before graduation. Wow. Ever. And I'm glad I still had a sense of humor because I said, man, y'all a godless city. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. I was like, whoops. (laughs) And she goes, the graduating class of 2018 wants to make history. They want to be the first to host a baccalaureate. She goes, I've been asking around, and your name keeps coming up. She goes, Ann Lynn told me, you're a fool if you don't invite him. She goes, so I don't want to be on Ann Lynn's bad list. I said, nobody does. (laughs) And she said, would you come? I did my best to hold my composure together. And all I said was, what's the date? And she gave me the date. She goes, what's your fee? And I gave her something off the top of my head. I said, if I'm not free that day, I will get free and we'll stay in contact. Thank you. For the next five minutes, I was in the fetal position in this mm-hmm. office in tears. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Romans 11.29 had just manifested itself that the gifts mm-hmm. and callings of God are irrevocable and without reproach. Mm-hmm. I had given up on this, but God hadn't given up on me. That's right. But there was a stark difference that began in April 2018 to present day, five days later. Mm. I made a commitment to God at that moment. I said, if I'm going to do this moving forward, I will do it vulnerable and I will do it transparent and not hide behind an avatar ever Mm. again. Mm. And suffice it to say, as I said at the opening of this, God opened doors and continues to open doors that never in my wildest dreams did I think a skinny Asian kid from Lee County <laughs> would ever get in my life. And I have mm. been on the ride of a lifetime. Mm. And when I say a roller coaster, I mean it. Because, folks, yeah. I don't want you to always think that it's always the highs. <laughs> mm. It's not. Mm. There are peaks and valleys in this walk as you're walking it out. And I know that there are many parents that are watching this, that if that you, they've cultivated a following and, and parents, I, I want to speak directly to you at this moment. I am not a father at this point. I do not have any biological children. The girl I've been dating has two wonderful girls have been very happy to be a part and play a part in their life. But as far as having biological children of my own, I do not at this point. So what I want to say, I do want to put that in context. But as you are raising your kids, those wonderful, precious gifts that you have, think about an oxygen mask in a plane. Mm. 
right? If you've ever flown and 99% of the people don't pay to the flight, pay attention to the flight attendants anymore, but they tell you something. They said, if the cabin loses pressure, oxygen masks are going to drop from the ceiling and the, and the bag will begin to feel when you put it on. But there's something so key that they say, they said, before you put it on an elderly, before you put it on a child, put it on yourself. And that is such a message for today because we are so good about putting others first, but we neglect ourselves. We neglect mm-hmm. our mental health. And I can hear all you parents wanting to come through the screen and kick me right now. No, I'll die for my kid. I'll <laughs> die for my kid. But what the airline is trying to tell you is, but will you live for your kid? Mm-hmm. And really what it is, is you are no good to that child. Right. If you don't have oxygen running through you first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are you being built up? You know, right now, right here, I got a full glass bottle of water. But if this were empty and I had a cup right here and I am completely depleted and my mental health is on the brink and I need mm-hmm. someone and I need to pour into my kids or my family, I got nothing. Yeah, I've got nothing because I haven't put my oxygen mask on. And mm-hmm. so many times, and I commend so many parents for the sacrifices that you make for your family. You may think it goes unnoticed. It does not because I promise you the moment that you stop doing it, they're going to notice. I promise <laughs> so you. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things, Abby, where truly I think it's a, it's a great segue to say if we are not taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, it is very, very hard to be good for anybody else. That's so true. That's so true. Friend, I'm so glad you were here with me today during this episode. If you're ready for more and want to start taking some action steps on what you've heard today, I want you to join a really special community called the Fullness Show community. It's a free, positive, and life-giving group of women just like you who are taking brave steps out of their overwhelm and into their fullness of overflow. And I want to see you in there. You are not alone, girl. Let us show you. To join the group, go to facebook.abbyhaggard.com. I can't wait to meet you in there. Thanks again for listening to The Fullness Show.